Man, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. Do I even remember how to? Guess we'll find out together right now, huh? We're listening to Across the Line, a TNA wrestling podcast with your host, James Hoover. Hey, wait a minute, that's me. If you want to get in contact with me, feel free to email me at acrossthelinepodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on the fire-breathing tweeter machine at jameshoover3. I have been thinking a lot about this subject. Is women's wrestling heading in the wrong direction again? I say that it is, and that's really all I wanted to talk about today. I mean, it's been a long time since I've done one of these wrestling podcast thingies, and, you know, to be honest, the real reason that I don't do it anymore is because I just, I absolutely hate wrestling. I don't like the product. It's getting worse as time goes along. I think wrestling fans are becoming more and more toxic. There's more and more gatekeeping taking place, and if you don't like what everybody else likes or you have a different opinion, man, are you going to get berated? And it's not like I'm afraid of getting berated. It's just like I would rather do something better with my time than have arguments with people that I don't know about something that I'm just not passionate about anymore. But, you know, if you want to hear, like, my thoughts on why I hate wrestling right now, I mean, we can cross that bridge some other time, but... For now, let me just spend a good 20 to 30 minutes here talking about women's wrestling and why I think uh, most major wrestling promotions, especially here in the U.S., are like dropping the ball and you know slamming the door on a potentially untapped resource of amazing storytelling. So, like right off the bat. I know that this is probably going to reach a completely different audience than like my original podcast did. So, I mean, I'll try to make my explanations as broad as possible and kind of try to stay away from a lot of the usual hardcore wrestling fan lingo and stuff like that. And if I find that I want to do this again uh, more often, then realize it's probably going to be from a more casual point of view. I'm like... uh, not really a hardcore fan anymore so like i think these kind of broader conversations about just general topics that also tie into society are probably going to be a little bit more my lane but yeah where do i begin here i mean i guess we'll begin at the end i don't know i'll I'll, the most recent thing that happened in uh the world of women's wrestling in my life um and it kind of left it left me hopeful for a moment and then empty the rest of the time. And that was, of course, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair main evented one of WrestleMania's like 97 shows that they did on that weekend. And obviously the reasons to feel all warm and fuzzy about that are pretty apparent. Like for one, the match was really good, right? I mean, if you watch that, you know, like it was a really good match. Um, It was my favorite match on that show, hands down. Like, it should have... It was main event quality. Um, I didn't really watch the second night of WrestleMania because I couldn't care less. By that time, I had just been absolutely... Like, I'm like, okay, I... There's other stuff I could be doing with my time right now. Like, I don't need nine straight nights of wrestling. Especially... 
Yeah, especially this this bad. But, you know, that match stole the show, and it was a main event quality match, so that makes y'all warm and happy. Uh, plus, it was the first time in WWE history that two women of color were put in the main event slot, and all that is fine. Everything that I just said is true. It was a great match, and it was a feel-good moment, and all that is great. But here's what's also true in my book. And keep in mind, I'm a person that I don't like to take one extreme or the other. One of my favorite sayings that I always say is, both things can be true. That is great, but also this is true. The WWE did an absolute horseshit job of promoting that match, building that match, and telling the story of why we should care about Bianca Belair at all. And after WrestleMania weekend... They did an absolute horrible job of following it up. I mean, like, they didn't treat that like it was going to be the main event. It was like all of a sudden somebody said, um, Vince, these are two women of color. It should be the main event. He's like, God damn. Yeah, that'll, that'll really score some points. You know, and I know, I I know, guys. I know what you're going to say. Maybe you're not going to say this, but, like, I'll have this argument with myself. Here, I'll be internet wrestling fan. Well, it's not just women, Hoover. It's not It's not just the women. The WWE is terrible across the board. Yeah, I know that. This isn't just a problem within the women's division. WWE is shitty across the board at storytelling and in invoking emotional investment in anything they do. So this, in my eyes, is just another symptom of the overall problem. And putting Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, to me, while amazing, also can be viewed as just a quick smash and grab ploy to gain points with women and people of color. Now, before you jump down my throat, I'm not speaking for those groups. But anybody who makes that claim, like it's an obvious, you know, grab at, uh, you know, a favorable. Uh, no favorable goodwill, I guess. They're, they're trying to get goodwill with those groups of people. Anybody who makes that claim, I can see uh, I can see and understand their frustration by that. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a little harsh. But I mean, just keep in mind that wrestling has been full of questionable misogyny and borderline racism and just overall tasteless bullshit for decades now. And I don't think you can really debate that. You know, I've even pushed back on a little bit of it here and there. But, like, again, like I can say for sure, both things can be true. The overreaction of certain things is true. And also the fact that it's just kind of tasteless and crass most of the time can also be true. Something can be tasteless and crass. And then you see people yelling and screaming about it on the internet, and you're like, eh, I think these people are just complaining because, like, it's a hobby to be offended by things now. Again, I think both things can be true. I think the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. But there are just a lot of examples that you can provide um, that give a lot of evidence, that give a lot of credence to saying eh, wrestling across the board is borderline misogynistic and racist i think that that's probably true but anyway let's get back to the matter at hand that's something we can have a conversation about that uh forever and i've gotten backlash by the way on both sides 
you know, people, whenever I've said, uh, this is a little misogynistic or this is a little racist, somebody's like, stop being a snowflake. Or if I tell somebody, I'm like, ah, you're kind of overreacting on this. <laughs> like, if I take that side, I get yelled at from the other side. So it's again, like, I, I, I play both sides of the fence really well, I think. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, again, there's too many examples to list. Um, but anyway, back to the discussion point. When the WWE was at their peak, I think when uh, with women's wrestling is with Ronda Rousey. I mean, the WWE had something there. Uh, she brought like overnight credibility to that women's division. But honestly, now that we can take a step back and we see the aftermath of that, who exactly did her presence help elevate? Right out of the gate, it was Stephanie McMahon, but... Why the fuck elevate her? She wasn't on TV all the time. I mean, and she's just a member of the office. She's not a wrestler. So right away, you got to consider, like, pouring all that Ronda Rousey heat onto Stephanie McMahon will make sure that it absolutely gets buried and fizzled because she's not going to be around. She's not going to be around to carry that momentum. But, you know, why elevate her? That's already bad start. Uh, Not to mention that Ronda Rousey debuted at, if I'm remembering this correctly, and I'm sure somebody will correct me, some wrestling historian will uh, for sure check me if I'm wrong here, but didn't she debut at the Royal Rumble, like completely just stomping out what was an otherwise amazing Rumble match? I think Asuka won that year, right? So like, Asuka wins, she's going to WrestleMania, pyrotechnics explode, and then Ronda Rousey debuts 30 seconds after that. And then who does Ronda feud with? Stephanie McMahon. So she ruins Asuka's moment and then feuds with somebody that had absolutely nothing to do with Asuka Asuka at all. I mean, do I have that right? Am I wrong in anything I just said? You know, not to mention that, like, I mean, we could dive deep into Ronda Rousey's entire run, but, like, again, this is just, this is a short, very broad conversation, and I'm not going to, like, dig very deep into this, but, I mean, Ronda was probably three quarters of that run. Like, wasn't she trying to be rammed down her throats as, like, a baby face? Like, a good guy? Uh, no. Why, you're joking, right? Ronda Rousey has never portrayed herself as a cuddly baby face. Like, she came out like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. And, like, it's been my dream to be part of the WWE. And it's just like, this isn't Ronda Rousey. What the fuck is this? This is a, this is a fangirl. And I think wrestling fans always can appreciate somebody coming in from the outside of wrestling that's a fan. We can all appreciate that, right? But Ronda Rousey? She's the baddest bitch on the planet. So yeah, to sum up, I don't think Ronda Rousey's year-long run really did much of anything to elevate anyone else. You know, Becky Lynch was arguably the at, at you know at the peak of the women's revolution, which I mean just. Don't even get me started. Um, you know, Becky Lynch was 
going to be the face of the company. And then, of course, like, she went away because she had a child. And that's fine. You can have a debate on whether that was a smart move or not. Um, I'm not going to try to have an opinion on that. I would rather, like, ask a woman or ask my wife. And I think I did have a conversation with my wife about this because I was, I, I just questioned, I'm like, was that a smart decision? She was set to make millions of dollars and then decided, like, she wanted to have a child. I'm never going to know what that's going to be like. I will never understand the urge to produce a child within myself. And if her decision is that's more important to me than a million dollars, then then fuck it. That's her decision. And uh, we'd be stupid to not support her in that. But now that she is, looks like all indicators point towards her coming back now, um, I really, I don't know, man. I really fear that she's coming back into a company that is void of any understanding and effort and creativity, and they're going to fuck her up bad, and she's going to cool off really fast. Because let's face it, Becky Lynch is another example of the WWE getting an amazing talent by complete accident. Becky Lynch was not WWE's choice. Becky Lynch was our choice. Uh, so the WWE gets lucky there. And I get the feeling like she's probably still not their choice. But we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I don't think I am. Whatever, whatever Becky Lynch's potential is... It's got a glass ceiling on it. You know, and this is this is what really this really scares me. This is where I know that women's wrestling and, and especially in WWE is about to die a horrible death. If this actually happens, mark my words, women's wrestling is gonna die in WWE. There are rumors floating around about a women's only show in the WWE. Ugh. Holy fuck. They have a lot of ground to cover. To go from literally next to nothing. To an entire ass show. They can't get one or two interesting storylines involving women off the ground. Maybe work on that. Maybe work on getting women to be stars because you obviously want them to be stars because you're writing interesting stories for them you're making you're you're putting the same amount of effort into the women's division as you are you know your main event men's division which and to be honest with you that's not a real high bar to clear to move women's wrestling storyline writing up to the main event storyline writing in WWE right now is it's not that hard. That's how bad the storyline writing is in my opinion. Character development it does not exist. It doesn't exist. You know, it's like one of my favorite wrestlers we brought her up earlier, Sasha Banks. What is her character? Well, she's the boss. 
She's the boss, Sasha Banks. Well, what is that? Give me an elevator pitch on what that is. Give me a two-sentence summation of what the boss is. Well, she's she's the boss. She's got swagger. Well, that's not really character development. That's personality. There's a difference to me between personality and character. There's a difference between somebody who has charisma and somebody who has a vehicle to use the charisma to make us emotionally invested. I'm not emotionally invested in any of these people. And it's not their fault. You know, but, you know, it, I don't know. What upsets me the most is that wrestling is has been 99.9999999999% run by dudes with stories that are told for dudes and written and performed by dudes. Um, and as much as I like being pandered to, guess what? I already know how to be a dude. I already know how to think like a dude, because you know what? I am an oily, hairy, smelly, scrotumy dude. I am a proud member of the tribe of wiener folk. So there's only so many stories about alpha males that I can tolerate, even if they're written well. Much less written this poorly from the writers that the WWE has been churning out recently. You know, and this is, I guess, what I wish for. And I know, this is... <laughs> this is... This is never going to happen. An all-women's wrestling promotion with women writers, women investors, women wrestlers, uh, women owners... You know, and I know that there's all women's promotions out there. My favorite all women's wrestling promotion is called Shimmer. Uh, Shimmer is actually pretty local, too. If we ever get out of this COVID bullshit, I would like to travel down to um, our neighbors to the south in Illinois and catch a couple of Shimmer events live. I would love to see that. You know, but again, that's a promotion run by a dude. And they don't really do much storytelling there either. It's an indie wrestling promotion, and that's fine. Um, I still like it because it it just feels different. It feels like an an untapped resource. But yeah, uh, I mean, because honestly, it, it, to me, like I said, it's an untapped resource. And if you think we're going to get anything like that from a 75-year-old Vince McMahon... Or the owner of a football team? If you think that that's where the source of good women's storytelling is going to come from, I would love to hear why you think that. Because I'm not seeing any evidence of that at all. And I know next to nothing about AEW wrestling, by the way. And for those of you who don't know, AEW is the second place promotion in, uh, in here in the U.S., and it's run by the owner of, or the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do I have that correct? Tony Genghis Khan. Now, I only watched that show, like, for the first couple of months after they launched it on TNT. And then I kind of catch clips here and there. Like, I saw when Sting debuted on there. That was pretty dope. You know, but I saw absolutely no reason to believe in those first couple of months that AEW would be, 
uh, a better alternative as far as women's wrestling goes. The last I had heard, and maybe this is not the case anymore, but Kenny Omega was writing for the women's division. So I'm immediately, and I'm going to tell you right off the bat, and I know this is not a popular opinion, but I don't like Kenny Omega. He just gives me bad vibes. I don't know why. I heard, I heard a couple people say that he's like, oh, well, it's obvious he's got a Japanese girl fetish. And again, I don't know enough about that to say whether or not that's true. But I mean, if that if that's the kind of criticisms coming from his writing, then it's just like, OK, well, that's not really writing then. He's writing for an audience of one. And whether that's true or not, I have no idea. I don't watch. I know I watched early. I watched uh, Britt Baker was the only one that I was really super interested in. But like her start in AEW was awful. And from what I understand, like she's amazing now. Like she's had a complete turnaround in about a year, a year and a half. And like she's one of the better performers on that show. And if that's the case, I, I, I should go and watch Britt Baker. I know Chris Statlander. I know her. She's interesting. I guess she got hurt. I don't know if she's back yet or not. Um, Nyla Rose was a transgender women's wrestler. So that was pretty cool. That was an interesting story that they probably could have told, but they chose not to tell that story. Maybe she told it on a podcast or something, but they're not putting that out there as part of her character on TV. So that's really stupid. Like, again, it would be interesting to see wrestling told from somebody else's point of view. And NXT is probably... NXT, for those of you who don't know, is WWE's developmental territory. So they're kind of like the minor league system for the WWE. It's called NXT. And it's... Their women's division is amazing because they feature so many different pieces of talent. But again, the amazing storytelling is their... Because it's all kind of copy and paste almost all the time. Hey, here's the feud. I I don't like you, so let's fight each other. Or, hey, you're the champion, and I want to be the champion, so how about we make a championship match at the next big event? It's kind of boring. Like, it's all wrestling storylines, and, you know, if that's your thing, if you want it to just be like a carbon copy of actual like MMA or sports or boxing or something like that where everything is about a championship and everything is is winning and losing and that's the only thing that matters and you don't care what copy and paste of vanilla characters they put in there, that's fine. That's your bag. Enjoy everything that you're getting right now. But for me, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want emotional investment. I don't care about wins and losses it really don't give a shit i mean so how about it guys i know that it's a pipe dream but i just want something different i just want overall and it doesn't even have to be like an entire women's promotion or show or anything just wrestling told from the point of view of someone other than a toxic alpha male who just sees women's wrestling as a sideshow All right. I guess that's all I have. Uh, See you later. Bye.